Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. FOMO. You set the tone for the event. So the host has to have the most fun, the most energy. Everyone is going to be looking to you as to how to behave and act. Should I feel awkward? Is this awkward? I don't know. So as a host, it's on you to bring the energy, the enthusiasm, and the introductions to get people connecting again. Because if we're all feeling this hangover and the host is looking like they're hungover, it's just going to continue. That's AJ Harbinger, co-founder of The Art of Charm. I'm your host, Patrick McGinnis, and this is FOMO Sapiens. When the world's spinning out of control, it can be impossible to know what to do and what to miss out on. That's called FOMO, which is short for fear of missing out. How do I know? Because I coined the term, and I'm the world's first FOMologist. And this is the show where I ask entrepreneurial thinkers, people I call FOMO sapiens, how they live and work with conviction no matter what life throws at them. Hey, everybody, welcome back to FOMO Sapiens. I don't know if you saw it, but there was this SNL skit a couple months back where people are at a party and all they can talk about is, did you have Moderna or did you have Pfizer or did you have J&J? And I don't know if you've had that conversation, but I have had that conversation so many times. It's like you you see somebody, a new person or, or an old friend, and you haven't seen him in a while and you kind of don't know what to talk about. So you talk about COVID, which is the last thing we want to talk about. I do not want to talk about COVID anymore. I don't want to hear about vaccines. I don't want to hear about variants. I don't want to hear about quarantines. I don't want to hear about anything. I want to talk about new things. It's, it's, it's just not, it's not a good place to be. There's nothing in there that will make you feel better. Yeah, maybe you've learned some things and that's a valuable thing, but the rest of it is just, it's not good. And I think we can all understand why that's happening because we're out of practice. And that's why I wanted to bring two very special people on the show today who can help us. And believe you me, I need it too. I think I'm pretty good. I'm getting closer, but I have been awkward as can be in different conversations. I have said things that I would never have said before. I think I'm a little ruder than I used to be, which is not cool. And so I'm sorry if anybody who spoke to me didn't like what I said to them, but I will tell you that I definitely am not as fluid socially as I was a year and a half ago. So it's something that I'm working on. And I brought in AJ Harbinger and Johnny Zubak from The Art of Charm, which is not just a very successful podcast that has 2.5 million monthly downloads, over 800 episodes, and over 200 million overall downloads. So, whoa. I mean, that is those numbers, by the way, if you just to give you some perspective, that's a lot. Um, but beyond that, they also have a coaching company. So they help people be more charming, I guess, is, is the really simple way to say it. But it's just like, how can you communicate with other people to be more successful in life and love and in your career? And I wanted to have these guys on because 
I think that it's just the moment that we are restarting. And as many of you know, my word of the year is momentum. And momentum requires you to be able to engage with the world around you and be your best self. And that, of course, requires you to communicate effectively. And we've had a couple shows on this season. We're going to get into it some more. I think it's really valuable. This conversation personally helped me. After I chatted with these guys, I actually went to a social event and I swear to God, I used some of those tips. So a lot of wisdom in this episode. Now, I have a small ask for you today and the episode ask is please share this with somebody who just needs a little help getting back to social life. I'm sure you know somebody, that one person or many people who just are still struggling a little bit. All right. Let's get on to the show because this one is a good one. So these guys are great and I've been on their podcast in the past and it's a really, you know, sort of like prolific show, tons of episodes, tons of guests, tons of ideas. It's going on for a long time, but maybe you haven't heard of The Art of Charm. So to get started, I asked AJ to please explain for those who didn't know The Art of Charm, what is it all about? So we are a podcast and a training company all around helping young professionals become powerful communicators so they can become influential leaders to win at work, love, and life. I like that. It's so succinct. I, if you asked me what FOMO Sapiens was about, like, maybe like 35 minutes later, I'd be like, and then there was the part. So that's very impressive. You clearly know what you're doing. And uh, we're going to talk today about exactly those topics, not just for the youngins, but for everybody, because my life motto, uh, I don't know if I've ever shared this on the show before, but my life motto is I never want to be boring and I never want to be bored. And so we're going to talk about that a little bit today because we are, you know, the, the, the reason I want you guys on the show is because like we're in this transitional phase, right? Like we're coming out of our little like life caves and we're going out there and we need you guys with your expertise. It's like going to the doctor to get like a, a little bit of a diagnosis about what is going on in the world right now so we can reemerge in strength. So I just want to start out with Johnny. So Johnny, you're, you guys focus on like, I mean, it's, the show is called The Art of Charm. So, you know, that's what it is. How, like, what is going on in the world of human interaction right now? Like, what are you seeing? What are you hearing? What's the awkward stuff? Like, just like break it down. What does summer 2021 look like? I was really excited when things started opening back up. I live in Vegas, so things were opening up here rather quickly uh, for us. And for myself, I know how I experienced the pandemic and how I wanted to move after this was over and as we're coming out of this, but that's my experience. And what I had seen, and it was a very apparent is because of the, the division in society right now and the politics that are going on, everyone's and, and the internet, everyone's living in their own little worlds and everyone has experienced the pandemic differently. And because of that, they're looking at coming out of this everyone's differently. Some people are like, oh, back to normal, right back at it. Some people are, are very nervous. In Vegas, it's a hundred and some degrees. If I went on the strip today, I would still see certain people wearing masks. Um, I, I can't assume to know what their reasons are, but they are, meaning they're a lot more scared about what is going on out there than I am and how I experienced it. And we need to give everybody room to walk through this the, the best way that they see fit. We can't call people morons or jerks or 
conspiracy theorists because they're trying to work through this as best they can. And it's been difficult. Yeah. You know, it's, as you're talking, I, I was, I was talking to a friend of mine last week and we were talking about the fact that there's a lot of people who like look on the surface to be doing pretty good. Right. It's like, yeah. okay. That, like, I, I like, it's like, you see your old friend and they're like, you know, they like still have their two arms in their head and they're like, you know, smiling, but, but you don't like everybody, you know, some people maybe respond in more positively than others. Some people have been through a lot and they're, they, maybe they didn't even know it. They're processing it. Like AJ, you know, this is uh, just, this is such an important question because we're on a level setting for the whole conversation. Like, what are your thoughts on this? Like, where, where do you see, you know, kind of where humans are in terms of just like interaction? Like, yeah, we, we all went through the period we talked about, which, you know, vaccine we got. And I mean, it's been parodied on SNL and other places, <laughs> but beyond that, like what, like, just like, as you like walk through your life, like, does it feel normal? Does it feel weird? Like, what are you observing? Well, I was recently at a wedding and one of my friends who was getting married is very extroverted and has a number of friends who are even more extroverted. Mm -hmm. And casually in conversation, they started to bring up that they were feeling some social anxiety and they were nervous coming to the wedding, which they knew people at. So I think Understanding that everyone through this experience coming out the other side with a lack of in-person interaction with people and a real fearfulness of other people, especially strangers, wearing masks, not being able to see smiles, avoiding eye contact for an entire year, physical distance, all those things that create connection, we turned off for an entire year. And everyone, it doesn't matter where you are in the spectrum, is feeling some anxiety getting back to normal. Some are more excited to than others, but that anxiety is present for everyone. And I know in what we do, many people assume we only work with introverts, but extroverts struggle in communication, ambiverts struggle in communication, and everyone right now is feeling that social anxiety as we come back to normal. Yeah, and as you think about this, I mean, I, I think about my own version of that, which is, I mean, I'm I'm very extroverted. I, I haven't had too much problems. I, I was re I've had weird conversations where I've, I'm sure I said stuff that people were like, "Why did he say that?" But I haven't gotten on a plane really. Like the idea of getting on a plane, which is like something that used to be like a weekly event for me, I know that that still feels very daunting. So I I know that there's like some some sort of like I don't even know scars left behind or something. But like as AJ, as you think about it, like uh, do you have any sort of view in terms of like how long? How long is it going to take to like, I hope we, I think we'll get there, but like how long until it doesn't feel weird? Do you have a view on that? I think it's when we return to the office, because mm. for many of us, that's where our social lives center, sadly, here in the States. And of course, you know, I traveled to Europe and I, I love European summers, but many of us in the States, our social lives are tied to our work. We're spending most of our time in an office with coworkers. That's who we're socializing with. And of course, we maintain social circles outside of it. And hopefully that's not your only social life, but that's the bulk of it. That's where most of the socialization happens. And that's been removed. And Zoom is not an adequate replacement. There's no water cooler Zoom. <laughs> we don't have those conversations. It's very punctual. You show up for the meeting, you go through the agenda, and then you're quickly hopping off Zoom, either to your next meeting or trying to squeeze in some work around it. So I think the more time we spend in the office around people, the more normalcy is going to come back and we're going to get through this. But right now in this hybrid model of still not quite being in the office, some people going back already, some people not, I think until we're truly all back in the office, whatever that looks like, we're going to have this hangover around socialization. Quick math. 
The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, or delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you improve efficiency by bringing all major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move, so do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. And with rising prices everywhere you look, you got to do the math and save money. Good news, by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. So head over to netsuite.com slash FOMO. That's netsuite.com slash FOMO. netsuite.com slash FOMO. Yeah, I, I agree. And and I, I never really went to the office that much anyway because I work for myself. But I will I will say like I rejoined a co-working just so that just to not, you know, just like, oh, let me put some pants on today, right? And like get outside yeah. the house. The the reason why I was excited to have you guys on, um, you know, I love your podcast and I love what you do, what you're giving people in terms of just like the knowledge about how to move through the world in a more effortless way, if, if, if I can describe it that way. And I just want to get like, let's just, let's focus on solutions. So we're going to start with the first solution that I, that I want to talk about because I've been talking, you know, I, so convening. A friend of mine, his name is Z, told me that he believes that convening is the power move of 2021 and going forward. And I, when he told me that, we were sitting at the Bowery Hotel, and I, I was like, you know when you see the light go on in your own head, you're like, whoa, that guy's deep. You know, I just met him. Uh, and uh, he's a really smart guy, an entrepreneur. And I said, and he's like, do you want to throw a party? Do you want And I was like, yeah, let's do it. I have thrown like eight parties in the last two months. And what I've seen is that because I'm like willing to take that effort and maybe people who are a little shy, they, people, first of all, people come at 7.30 and they leave at three in the morning. Like no, they come right when it starts and they stay three hours late, right? But let's talk, let's, Johnny, like give us some tips for being the convener. Cause I do think if that's something that appeals to you, like that is a gift that you can give back to society. So like, what, how would you think about being the convener right now? Well, as I was mentioning earlier, everyone has experienced this differently. Everyone is at a different place emotionally, mentally, and, and physically with this. And I love that AJ had called it the, the hangover we're all feeling from it because it certainly feels like that at times as we try to get things moving again. Um, but being somebody who is willing to bridge the gaps, open the doors, create events, put things together, and and allow people to know that the, this is going on. We are there for you to hear about your experience, to, to, to find some normalcy, to, to put things back in action. So whenever you're ready, this is it. Hit me up. Make the call. Stop on over. Because people need to, to see it all around them for those who are a little bit more emotionally banged up over it for them to see those opportunities, know that they're there. And, and sometimes it's going to take a few of those engagements, but they saw the pictures, they saw their friends that were there and that's going to compel them that regardless of how I might feel right now, I need to put on my pants, get dressed, put on a smile and get out there and reconnect to the people who mean something to me 
because I haven't been able to do that to the level that I used to be. And, and that has caused damage, whether we're willing to admit it, we're conscious of it or not. It has. And for my, for myself, just, I'm a musician and the center of my social world outside of work is going to shows and being in that community. And for myself, it's it's been a bit weird, but started going to shows again, uh, enjoying seeing that being in front of the stage, feeling the 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 kick drum reverberate throughout the room and into my in my chest. It's been great, but that's what it had taken to give me a sense of normalcy. So those gatherings, those situations, uh, letting those people know they they're there, they'll see the pictures, and that's what's important. Plus ones have never been more important. Mm. everyone coming out of this needs a security blanket, some familiar faces. So if you plan to host, invite people to bring a guest. It extends an opportunity for them to feel a little safer coming to your event. And it gives you an added opportunity to meet someone that you probably didn't know because they weren't on the invite list. So that's number one. Number two, what we're seeing is indoor-outdoor space mandatory as many people are not comfortable getting indoors just yet. So... I was down in San Diego about a month and a half ago. They were indoors before LA was. And I brought some friends down with me from LA. Now, I was, long story short, I was in a vaccine study, but I couldn't get a vaccine card and I needed a vaccine card. So I got another dose. So I feel really safe being indoors. But my friends from LA were not ready to go indoors in San Diego. And they were very cautious around, I need to find outdoor spaces. So be conscious of that as a host. The last thing I want to say is you set the tone for the event. So the host has to have the most fun, the most energy. Everyone is going to be looking to you as to how to behave and act. Should I feel awkward? Is this awkward? I don't know. So as a host, it's on you to bring the energy, the enthusiasm, and the introductions to get people connecting again. Because if we're all feeling this hangover and the host is looking like they're hungover, it's just going to continue. (laughs) So it's on us. And if you aren't very extroverted, tell your extroverted friend, hey, I'm willing to do the legwork. I'm willing to cook a dinner. I'm willing to take some photos. I'm willing to promote it on social. Can you help me out on the hosting and the actual outgoing social part of getting everyone going? And we found that to be really successful for a lot of our clients who are more introverted, who are like, man, hosting sounds like I'm just going to be put through the paces trying to keep conversations going. And Johnny and I have hosted tons of events over the years, and we've found time and time again, the more fun we have, the more fun our guests have. So it's really important to be that pace car at the event and showcase for everyone that you're having a great time, you're really comfortable, and everyone else will start to fall in line. Yeah, I like what you say about indoor outdoor too, because uh, so all the things I've done have been outdoor, uh, and I, I have lots of friends who just they're not doing indoor, and they, then they won't for a while, and I and I and maybe like that's not where I am, but I don't want to leave them out because they may need to be, they're the ones who maybe need more social interaction because of these limitations. So that's a really important point. The other thing I would say is 
you know, it's tiring being a host, right? It is. And so like, sometimes I'm like, man, somebody else should throw a party so that I don't have to be circulating the room, but you can make being a host fun. And one thing that I did, I did a party with some friends a couple of weeks ago on a rooftop and it was, it was awesome. And there was like a DJ, there was like a day part, then a night part. I actually had a, a wardrobe change for the evening part of the party, which I've never done. Like, it's not like I'm a, on an award show here or something, but I just decided it would be kind of hilarious to do it. And people loved it. So like ways that you can sort of be a little weird. I don't know. Like people, it's a weird time. People are a little weird. And that's what I want to get to our second, our second topic, because people are weird. I have seen weird things. Like I, you know, I live in New York city, like every day, the level of weirdness is it's like a historical levels vis-a-vis. I mean, New York's always weird, but it's like another level up. Right. So just like, you know, let's, let's start again with you, Johnny, on this one. Like how, number one, like how, how, how do you help people who are just super awkward in the corner over there and, and you're at a party and you're like, oh my goodness. And, and then also like, is it okay right now to just be a little extra? Cause why not? Well, on the second part of that, yes. Why not be weird? I, I love it. And I, I'm, and I would encourage folks to be a little, <laughs> a little bit weird. That's a, you letting it out. And if you're letting it out, people have more of a reason to connect to you, to see you as somebody that they want to be friends with. But when you're guarded, it makes other people guarded around you. So the more authentic you can be, you're only loosening up everybody else. And so when it comes to the person who is a bit nervous, who is standing against the wall, being just being a wallflower, loosening them up, getting them to laugh, having a conversation with them, because a lot of the smallest things we do have the largest impact, and especially to a wallflower. For somebody that you have to put yourself in that person's mind, they're already, they already went through so many hoops just to make it out because they already know if I go out, it's going to be me. I'm not going to know anyone that I'm going to be standing against the wall. So we already know what they've went through to come out, and then there they are in that position that they were hoping they don't want to, to, to be in. And so by you going over, introducing yourself, and just by acknowledging their presence that they have come out, that is going to lift their spirits. And it may even be just you walking over, introducing yourself, having a conversation with them that was that allowed them to open up and feel more comfortable and then start talking with some folks. So if that's you doing your part. And if you can introduce them to a person or two, well, that's going to go a long way. Now, after that, if they're still not willing to come out of their shell, we, we can't do much beyond that. But as long as you do that, you can feel good. I've done my part. I said, hello, I introduced them to somebody. Yeah. You don't have to fall on the grenade, right? You don't like, you don't <laughs> have to like take, cause it, it is like, sometimes you get in this and you're like, oh, yeah, like you, you try to be the nice person. Then you're like, oh my goodness, it's three hours later. And they're telling me about their turtle. So yeah, no. AJ, what do you think about this topic? Like, how would you, how would you intervene? Well, and I would want to get weird. I would encourage the weird. We found that even pre-pandemic, our, our biggest attended events had a theme, had costumes involved, allowed people an opportunity to get more creative. I mean, you look at Burning Man. Why do people love it so much? Because it gives them room to feel weird, to let it out fully. So you look at all the most fun events you've been to in the past. There was a theme. There was a reason that you can get outside of who you are and showcase a bit more of your personality. And of course, that creates even more opportunity for conversation. So that 
is the first part. The second part that I, I want to touch on that I think is so cool is what a great question to ask to break the ice. What's the weirdest thing you saw during the pandemic? I saw a woman shopping in a full garbage bag and like her whole routine to put the garbage bag on, to go into the grocery store and the gloves and everything. It's like she was scrubbing in to go to surgery to get some strawberries from Trader wow. Joe's, you know? And we've all had these little moments of humans just being humans during the pandemic. And now you got some fun, silly stories. And then after a little bit later in conversation, oh, how's the garbage bag strawberries going for you? You can make some callback humor to these little stories and moments that you shared. And I completely agree with Johnny on the, the other part around what do we do for the people who are a bit standoffish, who are taking a little while to warm up? Well, give them a bit more of our time. Be a little bit more patient with them. Make some introductions and just realize that much like a Vegas hangover, it's going to take a couple times for them to really get comfortable again with people. And sadly, many in our audience have wrote us that they've had zero interaction. You know, we're pretty lucky yeah. that we're in big cities, but there are a lot of people who've had zero face-to-face -face interaction. So just have a little bit more empathy if you do see that person standing in the corner who doesn't look like they're having fun, who doesn't look engaged, and realize that maybe their pandemic was a little difficult and a little bit trickier than yours was. And I think if we all give some people a bit more empathy and a bit more patience, we'll all come out of this better. Tudo bem, meus queridos fomos sapiens. Now that right there was Portuguese. And as you know, I love speaking foreign languages, but I'm not alone. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off that list with Babbel the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Now, FOMO Sapiens, you know I speak four languages, and it takes work to stay on top of them, especially with French. C'est difficile. But with Babbel, I'm able to practice practical conversations that I can actually use in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash FOMO. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash FOMO. That's spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash FOMO. Rules and restrictions may apply. You know, I, I just think about people that I've met in the last couple of months. So I, I, I've met so many people who I would have never met before. And the reason why is because people are open. They're looking for new connections. People who you may have said like, ah, what a snob or whatever. Uh, there's certain people that maybe I kind of wrote off because they're like, ah, I don't want to deal with it. And then you realize like they, are, everybody's been humbled. Everybody's been knocked down a ledge. Yep. And so whether it's, you know, the person you want to ask out on a date or just somebody who you said like, that person's cool. I just find that people are really open. Even like I, I had a long conversation, not that long, but a reasonably long conversation with a stranger on the subway about Lil Nas X. Now, I don't even know how that happened, but it's like that, that is like crazy in New York City. He was listening to it and I was like, what is that? And you know, I was educated. But the point is that like people's guards are down. They're willing to chat in a way they were they were not before. And it's a great opportunity for all of us. Now, I want to turn to this question, which is um, <laughs> that's that, that comes from a conversation I had with a buddy of mine, uh, Marco De Leon, who's been on the show before. He's the co-founder of Rip Van Waffles, the official snack food of FOMO Sapiens. And that's not even an ad. Um, it just is because I love them. And he said to me, he turned to me at dinner last summer and he said, what in you has the pandemic caused you to kill? And I was like, dude, that's that's an intense question. In other words, like, what does that even mean to kill? And he said, "There's a if there was a part of you inside 
that you had that you needed to kill in order to survive? What was it? And so I remember thinking through that. And for me, it was like, you know what I needed to kill? It was the need to always be traveling. Like I had this mindset of just, I, if I'm not, you know, I must always be going somewhere. And of course I was in stasis, like literally I didn't leave my apartment for months. Right. And so I killed that. And frankly, like it's pretty dead right now. We'll see if it comes back. It's hard to reanimate something like that. But I wanted to ask each of you, because, you know, this is something that you're introspective guys. Like, let's start with you, AJ. Like, what did you need to kill about your prior self in order to get to where you are today? Well, coming off the heels of a amazing trip to Todos Santos in Mexico and a resort that, you know, first glance probably would have checked Yelp reviews and been a perfectionist and a researcher. I find myself, much like you were saying, ready to say yes to more things and less looking to be perfect about it. So planning a trip for me previously would have been five tabs open, six different websites, reading the reviews, looking at all the photos that people are actually posting versus the ones on the website and trying to get this perfect experience. And now I've been so yearning for travel coming out of this trip and seeing all these amazing people who were very open at this resort to actually talk and communicate and socialize. I'm like thinking about all the time that I spent trying to plan the perfect trip when I could just go. Now I'm vaccinated go, just go and do it. Stop being the perfectionist about waiting for the perfect moment or the perfect opportunity in my life. You killed your FOBO. Your yeah, FOBO, my FOBO, RIP FOBO. That's a, you know what? That is, you know, I don't want to say that we're thankful for the pandemic, but FOBO is bad. So, you know, you found something good, good in the riddance. pandemic. <laughs> nice. All right, Johnny, what about you? Um, You know, when this, when the pandemic started, I had this bit that I, I talked about on the show where, where there's been times in all of our lives where we have said to ourselves, if the world could just stop for a week, I could get so much done and I get to get on top of things. And, and we all know that that's just not going to happen. However, lo and behold, the whole world stopped closely for, for about a year. All of our lives were instantly disrupted and put on hold to some degree for, for quite some time. So you have the opportunity that you've always wanted. What are you going to do with it? Are you, are, are you going to try to get ahead and get on top of things like you said you would if you had this opportunity? Or are you just going to find some, hit my friends up to see what Netflix series I need to catch up on, grab some Cheetos and sleep this through until I make it to the other side. For, for myself, <laughs> I can't do the Cheetos and the Netflix bit. That's just not going to work that way. So for myself, I was learning a bunch of new skills that I didn't have the opportunity to, to do before. And so there was a lot of learning on my part, opened to new ideas, did a lot of new things that I hadn't done before. And I, the part that I killed was the urge to be at rehearsal all the time and having a show booked. I always had shows booked. I always had rehearsals. And those rehearsals were always due to we needed to get a record together. And I have found myself for the first time, basically, since I'm 17, that I'm not in a band due to that. So... 
for myself, it was like, well, I'm, I guess I'm just going to, I'm going to write the record that I'm going to record when this is all over. So I've also channeled myself into that. And, and I probably have been more busy during that last year than, than I have been, even with all the things that I was involved in only because I didn't want to, I didn't want to drive myself nuts. Um, I didn't want to worry myself into oblivion. I had to preoccupy my, my, myself, or I would have spent that time being destructive, whether in my own life or, or the things around me. So I, I went through it the only way that I, I could, which was in, in self-discovery. I love that. And, and it's true. I, I had a list of things. I, was, I thought the quarantine was going to be like three weeks. I yeah. Remember. Yeah. Uh, you remember? Remember that? that? I was like, <laughs> I'm going to read these six books, and and then you're like, and you're like, no, this is going to be. And so like, I, you know, I I was uber productive, frankly, and I didn't do all. I didn't get the abs of steel that I had promised myself I get. But other than that, you know. But I think about all the goals that we had, and it's like you wake up and it's been a year, and you're like, how many of those things do you do? And so that's a good thing to just monitor. We had, I think his name was Douglas Holiday on the show, and he. I believe this was his bit where he talked about there is no such thing as a work-life balance. It's more about seasons. And so when my social life was shut down, well, then the, the season was going to be directed towards what we're doing here at work because there was, there, was, there was nothing else going on. And it was nice, certainly nice to have that. I'm certainly looking forward to a season of being social again and building a, a social life. Well, I, I just like this concept of seasons because I'll tell you which season I was in during the old quarantine. That was seasons one, two, and three of Succession. It was season four of Narcos. <laughs> All right, AJ Harbinger and Johnny Zubak, the hosts of The Art of Charm. You can find them at their website and on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, all at The Art of Charm. Guys, thanks a lot for being here. Thank you for having us, Patrick. Thank you, Patrick. FOMO. Big news. We now have a brand new website. So head over to FOMOSapiens.com where you can listen to past episodes, learn more about the show, and find out how to advertise. Also, head over to Spotify where you can find and follow playlists of the best of the show. You can also connect with me on Instagram at Patrick J. McGinnis, on Twitter at PJ McGinnis, and on LinkedIn. I'd love to hear from you, so don't be shy. FOMO Sapiens is recorded in New York City. Theme music is by Mike McGinnis, and editing and post-production is by Josh Elstrom. If you like today's show, please be sure to rate it and recommend it to your friends. And as always, you can find me at FOMOSapiens.com and at PatrickMcGinnis.com. To advertise on FOMO Sapiens, reach out to contact at FOMOSapiens.com. FOMO.